fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, yoga. Welcome to What the Fuck Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Anna. And I'm your other host, Katie. Welcome back to episode 12. 12? That's a dozen. That's a dozen apps. <laughs> that's bizarre. That is a baker's dozen. No, that's not. It's not. Next, no. next week will be a baker's dozen. <laughs> and we're going to bake shit for you. Um, yeah, we're going to really? stick it through our computer somehow. Yeah. No, we're not going to do no, that. No, sorry. Sorry. Go bake your own shit. Empty promises. Also, I'm a terrible baker because I don't measure. Yeah, I don't bake either. Yeah, and anytime they're like sift, I'm like, ah, I don't even know no. what that means. It means to be okay. Honest. It's to I define it as an unnecessary baking step in which you either use one of those sifters where it's got the it's like this metal cup. Okay, and it's got a handle with a squeezy. Thing oh, in it. for the flour? Yeah, and it goes, yeah. Yeah, I've never done that. That's probably why we can't bake because we don't sift. Yeah, <laughs> we're like that's not necessary. That's fine. That's an unnecessary step. They're just trying to. For me, it's not the time. It's the fact that, oh, that's another dish that fills up space in my dishwasher, which sounds so lazy because it's not even like, oh, it's another dish I have to wash. It's another dish for my dishwasher. Right. You take it as a suggestion. Yes. (laughs) Suggestion. Like all the measurements, which is why none of it ever turns out. Right. Cooking? I'm down with cooking. Me too. Yeah. I like that. I feel like I'm a fairly decent cook. I think so too. I mean, about me. Yeah. No, I've had your food. Your food's delicious. (laughs) I've never cooked for you. I know. I've eaten in front of you. Yeah. And I find it delicious to watch you. <laughs> no, I was one day I'll like, cook for you. Okay, I wasn't. I saying promise you have to. No, I know. Okay, I just like don't know what you can eat and can't Nothing. eat. Nothing right now. Don't make food for me. Okay, yeah. Here's a um, bowl of air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an airitarian. I made you this air. Um, do you guys have anything that's made of air? <laughs> that's all I can eat. Oh, I went to a restaurant the other day. Yeah. Um, Ooh, how just was that? so rough. Yeah, Just so our listeners know, yeah, tell them. Um, I have an autoimmune disorder called on-closing spondylitis, which is very fun. It means my joints hurt and my muscles hurt and my tendons hurt. Um, and I'm trying to figure out dietarily what I can eat. So right now I'm doing the autoimmune protocol or AIP diet and then eventually reintroduce foods and figure out what sensitivities you have. So right now I can eat like nothing but protein and some vegetables, not yeah. all vegetables, and it's boring as fuck. And I've been having dreams about food oh, no. nonstop. Yep. I got this calendar with, it's called Doug the Pug. It's like a wall Doug calendar. Doug the Pug. Because <laughs> I need my husband to know what's going on in a week without every five seconds. Oh, are we having anything going on this weekend? <laughs> so I got this calendar before I was doing the diet. And it's a pug posing with fucking pizza. Oh, God. So I can't even hang it up right now because I'm just hungry. You can't eat pizza. Yep. So anyway, I went to, it is rough. I went to a restaurant the other day because it was my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Um, (laughs) And I asked like a million questions and the waitress was certainly annoyed with me. And I'm like, no, I am so sorry. But, and then she came out, I ordered salmon with, it was just all the ingredients were lemon, olive oil, and parsley. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And asparagus grilled. Yeah. That's perfect. I can do that. And I still asked her a million questions. And then it came out and it was like a sauce. Oh. So I asked her more questions like, do they thicken it with flour? And she's like, oh, I'll go ask. Oh, shoot. And she said, no, that just happens when it like simmers and sautés. It just kind of gets thicker. And I'm like, I don't think that. Okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. So I ate it. And then on the way home, 
like I just had one big like oh, oh god everything cramp. expanded mm-hmm. yeah and I was like okay there's something in there so right. I won't be eating out for a while <sighs> yeah I don't it was know an experiment. how hard it is because I work in a restaurant I'm a waitress so when people start throwing like out allergies and what they kind of can't eat I'm just we have like a go-to dish I'm like we have the Buddha's vegetables you get that steamed if you want sauce on the side, we'll put sauce on the side. Otherwise, we'll give you a little side of salt, a little bit of pepper. If you want me to throw in some steamed chicken or grilled chicken or whatever, that's fine. That's awesome but it's that just you a have plate. a meal that's right. just ready. Everybody knows, like, yeah, hey, we can pull this out. It's just, like, the go-to. Or we'll do, like, um, we have, like, a teriyaki chicken, but all that is is a grilled chicken breast, steamed broccoli, and white rice. And it's all separated. And they can just do sauce on the side or no sauce. That's so then, awesome. essentially, it's just grilled chicken and broccoli and Everyone can eat that. Right. You know? That's amazing. Right. I'm coming to plate. Yeah, come to plate. Okay. Yeah. We can make it work. That's awesome. I'm so yeah. excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, to eat out? Yeah, at as a soon restaurant? as people are like, I can't eat this, 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 this. I'm like, okay, these are your two options. Stop talking. This is what I can offer you. All we have. <laughs> yeah. This is what you can have. The fact that there is an option is amazing. So don't undersell that. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think we intended it to be that way, but it's just I've been there for so long that I know that, like, okay, this is the easiest way to handle those situations. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. There's a lady walking with flowers somewhere outside your window. Oh, someone's getting flowers today. She's already gone. Oh, we should have opened the window and been like, (laughs) we'll take those. Oh, okay. Or that. You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Go buy yourself flowers. Yeah. Do that. It's a nice gesture. Self love. Self love. Anna. Yeah. Anything exciting happened this week? Um. Yeah. So I published my first blog post <gasps> on our website. What? On yeah. our website. On our website. On wtfyogapodcast.com slash blog. On wtfyogapodcast.com slash blog. Holy crap. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know that was a page on our website. <laughs> yeah, if you guys haven't heard yet um, or visit our website, check it out. Uh, we're going to start doing a weekly blog post every mm-hmm. Thursday and we're just going to switch off. Uh, so I wrote the first one. It was about uh, my experience at a sound healing meditation working with crystal singing bowls. Um, and it was super awesome and fun, but I don't want to give anything away. So go read it. Go read it. How did you like writing it? I liked writing it. Tell us about your process. I'm no, sure a lot of people. Really... <laughs> I'm not a writer. Um, I like a million years ago, actually like three years ago, uh, <laughs> I like started this travel blog when I was in Australia. So awesome. I thought my life was super interesting at that point. People cared about it. <laughs> oh, you. Yes. So I have like, I want to say like six blog posts up on a random WordPress website somewhere out there in space. Um, so it wasn't my first one ever. Yeah. But I kind of just like write how I talk. So like as I was writing, I was like, I don't know, just like how I would speak in my head. Right. You know, it's like very conversational. And I think that makes it so much more accessible to readers. Yeah. Then I don't know. I don't always write the way I think. And sometimes it like I read it again and I'm like, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. But you're a writer. I am a writer. That's why it sounds like bullshit sometimes. But you're you're also a copy editor? Or a copy editor, right? yes. Yeah. And a okay. copywriter. Copywriter. Both. What's the difference? Copywriter writes, copy editor edits. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. But you have like all this knowledge about writing and editing that I don't have. So that probably like maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know which way would be better. I don't know either. Because I feel like 
when I I edit myself as yeah. I write, which makes it really hard because you're, I don't know, it you're like, well, there's a better way to say that, and then there's a better way to say that. Right. So then eventually you reread it, and it's like, well, that no longer sounds natural. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, there's great aspects, but there's also not great aspects. Right. So. Well, I'm just clear. Clear. I'm clear. <laughs> Hashtag clear. Hashtag clear. Is I'm, that G-L-E-E-R or G-L-E-A-R? Um, that is G-L-E-A-R, I like actually. It. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad you're here <laughs> to edit my blog post. <laughs> Hashtag clear. Clear. Glad you're here. <laughs> so I like that. Oh, my God. Clear. Yeah. Like when your so BFF clear. walks in. Clear. clear. Clear, girl. Clear, girl. Clear. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. That's our episode's hashtag. Yeah. Before we ruin the English language, let's get into Too our late. episode. Too our fucking main late. topic. Um, so what is our main topic, Anna? Uh, yogic texts. Oh. Snooze fest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll try and make it not a snooze fest. Yeah. You guys need to know this shit and we'll make it fun. Oh, there's some fun stuff later. Oh, yeah. It's going to get cray. Sorry, Clyde. <laughs> My dog's taking a Come on. Come on. We're hanging out with the dogs upstairs right now. Get your shit together. The whole squad's here. We'll put a picture of them up on there. Yeah! We should should put them on our Instagram and everything. Pies. Just one of Clyde. Do a story. Do a story. Oh, like an Instagram story. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll move on and we'll get a story up later because you don't need to sit here listening to me trying to take a picture for 10 minutes. Um, um, so yogic texts. Yeah. Yogic texts. So there are, um, how many of them? Oh, like millions? <laughs> I know. Especially because everybody and their mother is writing one these days. Right. But we're just going to discuss four main ones. Yes. Right? Four of the, yeah. Okay. Wait, four or five? I think there's one, one, two, mm-hmm. three, three, wait, four, three, five, four, five, four, five, five, five. Holy crap. Whoa, what's all that? What did I do there? Oh, that no, I did that. That's oh, okay. the surprise for you later. Like, what the hell? Oh, guys, get ready. Oh, so there's growling. five main texts we're going to discuss, and they're all super old. <laughs> that is... That oh, that is, one's carrying a present and a baby. There must be a party next One door. person's dropping off there's flowers. There's a bunch of gifts right there. Another one's dropping off presents. Oh, oh, my here's God. More. We're going to that party. Your neighbor's having a banger. Yeah, we should just like head over like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, what's up? We're Shirley's friends. Yeah, we're uh, Joe. That's always uh, a safe name. We're we're Joe's Linda's second cousins. (laughs) Aunt Linda. Aunt Linda. Steve has an Aunt Linda. You guys know Aunt Linda. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't, you're a jerk. Yeah, maybe we should talk about what we're supposed to talk about. Fine, fine. Okay, so yogic text. Um, So the ones that we're going to discuss are a few key scriptures that are not only the basic, basic. I'm going to say that over. So there are a few key scriptures that are not only the basis for yogic philosophy, but also important in terms of the history and the evolution of yoga. And all of these texts are also great ancient Indian scriptures. Yeah. So totes cool. Thanks, India. Welcome to history. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to history We're going back, guys, all the way back to something that we talked about in episode one, Mm -hmm. um, the Rig Veda. So this was written somewhere between 4,500 and 2,500 BCE. It's a huge range of years. That's very long time back. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. I am very English also. Um, so the ancient Indian, um, or I'm sorry, Indian philosophy's roots 
uh, go all the way back to the Vedic period, which is when this uh, text was written. And if you remember all the way back in our first episode, History of Yoga, we discussed the Indus Sarasvati civilization. Do you? Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, I remember. Okay. Do you remember? I barely. Do you guys remember? Bit. I might have been drunk for that episode. <laughs> well, you can thank that civilization uh, for the Vedas. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. They're the ones who wrote it. So the <laughs> oldest of the Vedas is the Rig Veda. And just a quick reminder, Veda translates to knowledge and Rig translates to praise. So we're praising knowledge. And this one is considered the most important of all the Vedas. Cool. Yeah. So they're texts about Hindu spiritual tradition, and they're pretty much regarded as the source of all Hinduism. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. Right? Mm-hmm. They're the oldest known texts in any, any Indo-European <laughs> language. That's old. That's super old. Who wrote those? So the guys who wrote these were called Rishis. Also a great line of tea. I was going to say, it reminds me of mushrooms. Is there like a Rishi mushroom? Yeah, it's R-E-I-S-H-I though. Got it. I just had some earlier today. Did you? I did. Wow. I know. You had some Rishis? Bitter. Ew. Yeah, it was like a packet. Oh, was it the Four Four, Sigmatic? I bought one from uh, Fresh Time. Yeah. Their coffee, like just a single use packet. They have coffee, hot chocolate, and this was just like their mushroom elixir. Okay. The hot chocolate is amazing. I, I have the hot the chocolate. Coffee. I haven't tried it. Okay. I had really the coffee good. and that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just try that one. Okay. But the, the mushroom elixir is... No. Mushroomy? <laughs> yeah. It's bitter. And it has um, some other... There's peppermint in there, licorice, I think. Oh, no. I hate licorice. I can't do it. No. Nope. I like that stuff, but the mushroom no. really overwhelmed it. And there was stevia. Like way oh, too much stevia. Oh, I don't like stevia. stevia. No. I don't want it to I be I don't sweet. like fake sugar. No. Nah. I mean, I know it's not fake. It's natural, but it's still fake. Still fake. It's still fake. Yep. Anyways. Sugar imposter. Yeah. So the guys who wrote the Vedas were uh, Rishis. Very much like the mushroom. The Rishi mushroom. Yeah. But also not very much like it at all. Because they're living. Because they're actual people. So you can think of these guys as great sages or seers of all the ancient wisdom. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, So these guys settled in the forest and they meditated over some seriously heavy questions like, what is the nature of reality? Um, who is our creator? What is truth? You know, just some light just thinking. super light thinking. <laughs> um, and what was revealed to them through deep meditation, they expressed in hymns. And over a long period of time, they created these systemized collection of collections of hymns, which then became the Vedas and also eventually the Upanishads. But we'll go into those later. Right now we're focused on the Vedas. Specifically the Rig Veda. Specifically the Rig Veda. The Rig Veda is a collection of hymns focusing on the importance of ritual, and it's also the oldest known written reference to the practice of yoga. Wow. Yoga. Yoga. So the Rig Veda contains 1,028 hymns, totaling 10,600 verses. So basically one Catholic mass. Yes. So it's a lot of hymns and verses um all of them are special relevance to the study of vedic yoga so we have a little quote um from a book that we often use for our research um you can find it in our um source section on our website um the book is called the yoga tradition it's history literature philosophy and practice by Georg, George, George. Well, the E's missing. It's I know it's G-O-R-G. weird. G-O-R-G. I'm pretty sure it's still George. Fine. George Feuerstein. PhD, y'all. PhD. <laughs> y'all. 
<laughs> if I ever get my PhD, that's how I'm going to... Hi, my name is Katie O'Shaughnessy. PhD, <laughs> y'all! <laughs> Moving on. Anna, would you like to read this? Sure. So, yeah. So he says, <clears throat> They are more than poetry and more than a depository of history. They are sacred utterances, testimonies to the spiritual potential of our species of our species and therefore we must read them accordingly very nice yeah so the vedas are written in a way that is very poetic so they're very i don't want to use the word pretty but um they, aesthetically yeah pleasing. aesthetically yeah. pleasing thank you with that's why you're the writer and function <laughs> yeah so not only are they aesthetic for you know the point of being quote pretty but they also use that as a vessel to get the important points across right and um in the same book uh he actually provides like some sections of the rig veda and some other texts too so i'm just gonna read you guys um a quick really really short section of uh the rig veda okay um so before i read this little excerpt from the rig veda i'm just gonna give you guys a teeny tiny bit of background information otherwise you'll have no idea what i'm talking about what the hell are you yeah. talking about? Um, so there was a lot of sacrificial ritualism during this period. Um, and some of it involved drinking this substance called Soma. What is Soma? That's a good question. You want to tell them? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just Googled the crap out of Soma. Yes. So uh, back in uh, the ancient times, um, <laughs> yeah. or the, Long time the, ago. Vedic, the Vedic era, um, early Indians would drink this soma, which was uh, made from a plant that we don't anymore know um, the identity of. So whatever this plant was, they would extract the juice and then they would mix it with water and milk. Um, and it sounds like they believed that it was supposed to cause immortality in the drinker. <laughs> and it sounds like it had some kind of hallucinatory effect as well. Um, but... Yeah. We'll never be able to find out. We'll we never don't know, know what plant that came from anymore. Yeah. Although there's a lot of plants that we could use yes. these days. But we won't tell you how. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google it. So now I'm going to just read this little piece. Uh, it says, I have consumed the delicious drink of life, knowing that, it, knowing that it inspires good thoughts and joyous expansiveness and which all the deities and mortals seek together, calling it honey. And going within, you become boundless, and you will avert the wrath of deities. Rejoicing in Indra's friendship, O oh, drop, create riches for us like an obedient racer, carrying a burden. We have drunk the Soma. We have become immortal. We have gone to the light. We have found the gods. What can enmity do to us now, and what injury by immortal? O oh, immortal one. I love that. It's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah. It's very poetic. And it's it's cool because a lot of things, once translated from its original language, mm -hmm. you it's created pretty, for lack of a better <laughs> word, in a language by choosing the correct words and the correct syntax. Right. So a lot of times when things are translated, it just doesn't have the right flow. Right. So even translated, whoever it's, translated it's right. did a good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah they it's did right. a good job. It's all right. It's all right. Very nice. And that, my little... My little Petunias <laughs> is the Rig Veda. A very, very, very. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you're getting <laughs> time wise. You're getting out of this podcast what you're putting in. Yeah. So that means 
an hour max of <laughs> material. There's a lot more yes. to we be said about the Vedas. Right. And we recommend picking up um, a copy of any of the texts we're talking today and just yeah. skimming through or reading some selections. Mm-hmm. You'll find some knowledge that just kind of floors you. I yeah, bet. totally. Like this book, the one that we just mentioned that will be in the show notes, like I've had this book for over a year now and I never even opened it until we started doing this show. And I mean, there's no way I could like read this book cover to cover. It's like basically a textbook, yeah. like a yoga textbook. It's big. It's huge. It's thick, but it's also like it's huge. three feet by two yeah, feet. Yeah, no, it's, well, uh, it's a little, <laughs> that's not quite true. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but basically. It's at least a foot wide. Right. I'm just saying like I could never read it cover to cover. So just like doing little sections at a time like I've been doing um, because of the show is super helpful. And I can just kind of like skim and what doesn't make sense, I just you know, skim until I see something that like catches me and, um, you know, catches my attention or whatever. And it's cool. It's a great yeah. book. I'm gonna have to pick it up. Yeah. Do You're it. probably going to get through the whole book by the time I don't know. we're 80 and still doing this podcast. Yeah, definitely. By the time I'm 100. Just so you guys book. know, so you don't give me too much credit, but Anna does most of the research <laughs> for the show because she's a badass. I am a badass. That's true. But Katie does all of the editing. Yes. And I, of which I cannot do. I had the idea for this show because I was like, <laughs> I want to learn more, but I don't want to do the work. So I bet there's other people out there who feel the same. So I was like, you know what? I was like, I'll right. do it. <laughs> I'll put I'll put my nose to the grindstone and do it. And then Anna was like, Yeah, I'll do this with you, and took over the research. And I was like, This is exactly yeah, what I wanted it, out of life. But it works. It does work. I'm so like happy for us. So this is fine. exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I do no work. <laughs> you do you work, me- though. You do the editing, <laughs> but which I do- takes hours as well. I know, but I, I don't do any of the and work that's that I'm like, And that's probably way more boring, just sitting there listening to our voices over and over and over. I love it. I laugh. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes Katie sends me sound clips where we go off on tangents, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my and god. And she's like screaming at nothing. <laughs> oh my god. And then she goes, ha ha, what were we even talking about? <laughs> I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah, that does happen a lot. Yeah. The next text are the Upanishads, and these were written between 2500 BCE and 100 CE. We're laughing because this is like take 25. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to listen to all the bullshit that we cut out, lucky you. Yeah. Um, and I'm like squeezing the life out of some rose quartz to get through this because <laughs> for some reason we can't get through it. <laughs> okay. So the Upanishads are the philosophical outcome of the Vedas. So the Vedas were very poetic, aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Um, I don't, beautifully written. Yeah, beautifully written. They were like written in a way that wasn't really functional. Right. So the Upanishads take this information and make it functional. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you how to apply it to life. There you go. Make it work. So they are scriptures explaining the non-dualistic nature of God. So again, it's the concept that God can be found everywhere in every living thing. Right? Yeah. Okay. One day I'll like nail dualism and non-dualism. <laughs> one day. One day. So let's. Today's not that day. <laughs> let's back it up. Let's back it up. I don't think that's a song. I just beep, made it up. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking semi truck. Yeah. Deet, 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 deet. We're backing up. Um, we're backing up all the way to the collapse of the Indus civilizations around 1500 BC. Who would be shocked to see a semi? Yes, they would. Just hauling through their little Indus Valley. Um. So anyway, at the collapse of the Indus civilization around 1500 BCE, um, because of the drying Sarasvati River, um, these people scattered around northern India towards the Ganges, and the knowledge of the Vedas scattered with them. So from that place, it, it kind of 
you know, that one civilization turned into all different communities. So the Vedas was rein, were reinterpreted, modified, and turned into many different texts, that inc- and one of which is the Upanishads. Yeah, so the <laughs> sages responsible for the Upanishads internalized the Vedic ritual in the form of intense contemplation. Because they weren't doing enough of that already. Yeah. There was enough meditation <laughs> Literally all they did. Yeah. So they took what was already really intense and made it more intense. Because why not? Because, yeah. Because they could, I guess. <laughs> um, so the divine could be worshipped purely within the mind or the heart without external materials or those weird sacrificial rituals. Yeah. Who needs Soma? Yeah. Who needs Soma? Who needs yeah. that juice? Who needs it? Yeah. I need that juice. So it's basically just meditation. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all, folks. And these sages were a diverse group made up of um, either well-known Brahmins, so that's the higher class, uh, lesser-known Brahmins living in isolation, even powerful kings. So really, it actually, it looks like all pretty high-class yeah. citizens um, or caste, high-caste yeah, citizens. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what these people had in common was a knack for that esoteric wisdom, that knowledge that could lift them beyond the boring everyday life and beyond <laughs> Vedic ritualism and to the ultimate reality. reality. So it sounds like they were just educated. Yeah. So it's like anyone who had access to yep. information. Exactly. Okay. If you were rich, yeah. you had access and could attain knowledge of the ultimate reality, which seems pretty, pretty shitty. Yeah. That's pretty shitty. <laughs> but anyways, um, the most is for the rich. Yeah. Only. Spirituality is only for the rich people guys. Duh. <laughs> The most significant change brought upon by the Upanishads was that the sages turned to mainly meditative practices, um, which we already discussed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this was a huge contrast to the sacrificial rituals, which held a really high status in the ancient Vedic period. So it was like a huge, huge change. Shift, yeah. Shift. The wisdom contained in the Upanishads was also not public knowledge. So this kind of goes along with that that high caste knowledge only for the rich thing. Um, Those who had the desire to learn the wisdom approached the sages with humility and respect. And they usually had to submit to years of discipleship before any of that knowledge was even whispered. Man, that's rough. That is rough. That's a huge commitment. I know. How many Upanishads are there? Over 200. That's a shit ton of Upanishads. That is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But to keep it short and sweet. Oh, we're um, not going to read them all? No, we're not going to read all oh. 200 to them. No, you guys can do that on your own. This is a stupid podcast. <laughs> we'll we leave even... that up to you. Fine. I think you'd fall asleep driving. You know what? I'm going to start my own podcast where I just read these texts to you. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Each episode is 72 hours long. Oh, no. And by awful. the end, my voice is like, and then so, they said, I think unto... you'd have to do that until you died. Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a now lot. I think about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not going to do that. Change my mind. Nope. So, again, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, their teachings revolve around four interconnected concepts. Uh, one is the ultimate reality of the universe is the same as our own identity or innermost nature, aka non dualism. Woo. I like non dualism. Yeah, me too. We are one. We are one. I'm pretty sure there's a song called We Are One in like Lion King Two and a Half. I never saw the other Lion Kings. No. Strictly I, OG. I wouldn't bother. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't planning I wouldn't. It. Although I'm super excited that they're doing a live action. Are they? Yes. Like it's going to be a movie or a play? Yeah, a movie? A live action movie. All, also like the Broadway production yeah. of Lion King. Oh my God. Have you seen it? Yes. I've never seen it. it I love Broadway too. Oh my God. Like I love musicals. It was amazing. I just like... Like, 
They're like, nah, And I just like burst into tears in the middle of this theater in Chicago. And I'm like, <gasps> childhood. My and childhood. Like, birds flying down the aisles. And I'm just like, I want to be a little cub in Africa. But I was not born a lion. I had like a really weird, inappropriate crush on Timon. That's no, very inappropriate. Wait, is it Timon? He's like the little the meerkat. Yeah, the meerkat. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, an interspecies crush. Also, he'd be like Uncle Timon. Why Uncle? Like shady Uncle Timon. I'm not related to, to Timon. No, but he, it's that like Uncle personality. He was not in your age group. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, I mean, you, he wasn't eight years old. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Being attracted to Simba? Oh, yeah, I get that. I was there. But Timon was inappropriate? Yes! It's not okay. just a meerkat thing. I'm I not had, a species. I had a whole shoebox with, like, drawings of Timon in it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is Anna Timon. Nope. This is oh, shit. I'm in charge of the cutting, oh, no. and I'm keeping this in. You guys know my deepest, darkest secret. At least you didn't have a crush on Pumbaa. A little fart. Or did I? No, I didn't. It was just just, just <laughs> Timon. It's as weird as a guy. Yeah, it's weird. At least it's pretty that, weird. Like Scar. That would be. No, that'd be even more twisted yeah. than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty twisted. That's cool. So yeah, um, getting back to the Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. It means no. Okay. You guys get way too much singing in this Yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm not. And tangents. Fuck that. Enjoy our singing. You're welcome. Yeah, we're not sorry. One day, you'll be able to sell this on eBay for $0. Yeah, for $0. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about, 10 minutes ago, the four interconnected uh, concepts that the Upanishad really revolves around. Um should we repeat the first one yeah, again? Yeah, okay. why don't you go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, the first one is the ultimate reality of the universe is the same as our own identity. Non-dualism. Yes. We are all one. We are all one. The second concept <laughs> is that only the realization of Brahman, which is the super cosmic supreme being, that reminds me, it makes me think like Kim Jong-un. Oh, yeah. Or Supreme just, like, being. something culty. Yeah. Yeah. Super culty. Basically like, just, like, God, you guys. Yes, like, yes, like God. Whatever your concept of God is. Yes. Um, only the realization of God liberates one from suffering um, through birth, through life, and through death. All that suffering. All that suffering, huh? Gone. Wow, wiped great. away. As soon as you realize that Brahman is the super cosmic supreme being, and he can liberate you. Or she. Or she. I don't think or they, they thought of her as she. Or Probably they. not. Mm-hmm. But I do. I just think of... <laughs> A cloud. Of- you think of a cloud? <laughs> I don't think of anything. I just don't just think, think of a cloud. I don't think. Okay. Moving on to number three. Um, one thoughts, one's thoughts and actions determines one's destiny, which is karma. <laughs> karma, bitch. Yeah, that's what I typed in the notes. I was thinking when I was reading your notes earlier, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be too good. Like, What do you mean? Well, the concept of karma. Like, if you're good, you come back as a human or like... You're right. You there's this you like, like hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, you'll level up, you and level eventually up, yeah. you don't reincarnate anymore because yeah. you're enlightened. Blah, blah blah. But maybe I'm tired of being a human. Like I want to come back as like a bird or a dog because they have the fucking life. Some Clyde of them. Just, yeah, good some point. of them. I guess. I so I, in my belief, or what I was taught at a younger age by my auntie, who you guys are probably sick of hearing about, um, that animals are lots of times higher up than humans. Oh. So like dogs 
Yeah. You know, a, a lot of, I mean, most dogs don't have very good lives. Yeah. So they make this like karmic deal that they'll come back to help teach maybe like a <gasps> shitty person a lesson. Oh my God, I'm so going to cry. So they choose to suffer so that this person can learn a lesson. Right? So, I mean, doesn't that make sense that they're more evolved beings? Come here, Clyde. I'm giving my dog a hug right Aww. now. He and like horses, beings. horses are super evolved. They're like all heart chakra. Oh, yeah. Oh my god, I love animals. So okay, I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna be really good so that I can come back as an animal. Yeah, I was gonna be kind of bad so I could come back no. as an animal. But that was my human ego thinking that humans were at the top right? of the chain. Mm-hmm. Shitty humans. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> number four. Unless one is liberated and in- achieves enlightenment. Um, we are reborn into human existence or lower demonic oh, realms. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> demonic realms, depending on how shitty you That's were. super fucked up. <laughs> that is super fucked up. I do not want to be a, a demon. A demonic realm. How do you even get out of that? Like, how do you, like, you're, like, you're just once a demon, there. always a demon. Yeah. <laughs> once you go dark, you don't come back. I guess so. Is that, I feel like Once was... you go demonic, you never come back. Come out of it. Come out of the realm. I don't, I don't think you can find a good realm. I just need rhyme. a rhyme. Once you go, devil, you don't come back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Send us your thoughts that. at what rhymes with demonic. <laughs> or devil. Or devil. So that's where we're going to end it today. Uh, we've already downloaded a lot of information on you, and there's plenty of more to come. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a two-parter. Surprise! Um, so today we talked about the Rig Veda, which is a collection of hymns focusing on the importance of ritual, and also it's the oldest known written reference to the practice of yoga. And then we discussed the Upanishads. The Upanishads are the philosophical outcome of the Vedas. Uh, they're scriptures explaining the non-dualistic nature of God. So we are all one. Yep. 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 So. So thank you for listening. You've been champs. Straight up champs. <laughs> Visit our website at WTFYogapodcast.com for show notes and sources. And you can check us out at our second home on Bad Yogi, <laughs> the blah, Bad blah, Yogi blah. blog, badyogi.com slash blog. Email us at WTFYogapodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear any questions, comments, or concerns. And definitely check out Anna's latest blog post, blog post on Ooh. sound healing. Yep. And, and that's on our website too. Yes. So, so WTFYogapodcast.com slash blog. Boom. That's it, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. What the fuck? Hey, hey guys. guys. We hope you love what you hear on What the Fuck Yoga Podcast. If you do, please like and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Also, follow us on Facebook and the Gram, aka Instagram. Send us your burning questions or comments to WTFYogapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.